Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, June 14th, 2023, the 875th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So before we get started, just have to say, hey, happy Flag Day. And also, happy birthday to the duly elected president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. He basically spent the day yesterday, arraignment day, traveling around the United States and having people sing happy birthday to him. They also chanted things like, 
four more years and USA, USA and Trump, Trump, Trump. So arraignment day didn't go the way the regime was hoping and expecting. And you know that's true because the uniparty left and the uniparty right are not reacting well. The uniparty left is already back to claiming that Donald Trump is extremely dangerous, the most dangerous man ever, and that all of his supporters know that he's guilty. We're going to talk a little bit about that. The uniparty right is out there talking about men's fake tits and what it was like at the White House when a man took his fake tits out. I mean, sure, it's Flag Day. And sure, we just had the first ever federal indictment of a former president of the United States of America. But what's really important is that woke trans stuff. You can spend a little time talking about those major issues that are of world-changing importance that everyone knows are happening. Or you can get right off that because you don't want to make Trump look like the good and reasonable solution to all those problems. And you can refocus on some creepy man's genitalia. Finally, after eight weeks of Bud Light and the creepy little guy, Dylan Mulvaney, that Ben Shapiro and friends are all obsessed with. Now we get to talk about the creepy man at the White House who took his fake breasts out. And I imagine we'll get eight or nine weeks of great Daily Wire content concerning that issue. And then they'll move on and find some other creepy little dude whose genitals they can talk about. And naturally, all the Ron people are talking about how Donald Trump might go to prison. Kurt Schlichter's new angle is that Donald Trump will definitely win in the general, which will mean there is going to be a Democrat president who will make sure that Trump will go to jail. And so for Trump's own good, everyone, including Trump, should support Ron DeSantis, who will win that general, even though the elections are rigged. He's going to win the rigged election, and then he's going to make sure that he'll be in a position to pardon Donald Trump. Just yesterday, there were rumors that Vivek Ramaswamy, or Vivek, as I'm told he's called, or calls himself, whatever. But we were told that Vivek might end his campaign and throw his support behind Donald Trump and encourage the other also rans pretending to campaign for the Republican nomination for president, that they should also drop out. But that wasn't what we got from Vivek. Vivek went down to Florida, tried to make a big deal of himself, wore a baseball cap that said truth on it, and told everyone that he was committing to pardoning Donald Trump if he was elected. That was his bold promise to America. If the justice system is weaponized by an illegitimate president and that justice system goes after the leader of the political opposition and convicts him on trumped up charges and then puts him in prison, Vivek Ramaswamy, as our next president, promises to let Trump out of prison. Now, is he going to remove the regime and the deep state 
that could allow something like that to happen? Is he going to go out there and talk every day about Joe Biden's illegitimacy and how we're in a banana republic? And that should be obvious to everyone. No, no, he's not going to do that. But he is going to promise that if he gets elected, a total and complete impossibility, he's going to pardon Donald Trump. And he believes the other candidates should do the same thing. Well, here's the thing, Vivek. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You're not winning over Trump supporters by saying that. There were people out there who were applauding you because, ah, you seem so reasonable to all the villagers out there. My, 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 look at that little brown man. (laughs) We have the uh, Barack Obama version of Trump light. Just what eight or nine of us asked for. This way we can perfectly pigeonhole our niche political opinions so that it doesn't make any of our liberal friends angry at all. And we can pretend we're supporting our own principles. My, 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 that is the perfect solution for any mainstream uniparty right Republican villager. This is going to let those liberals know that I have my own ideas and they're probably likely to approve most of them. If we can just, you know, talk a little bit about it and I can tell them, yes, I like Vivek Ramaswamy and you can see that I'm not racist because of it. So, yes, we have some differences about policy, but hey, liberal friend, look at me being not racist. That means you and I can get along. Let's just go back to normal together. It is amazing to me how easily people are impressed by these political actors on television. The Vivek Ramaswamis, the Ron D. Santis. And that's how you say it when you're talking about multiple Ron D. Santises. See what I mean? It's D. Santis. Like D. Sanitize, but without that extra I. It is not amazing leadership to commit to doing something two years from now on the assumption that another unlikely future event will occur, that Donald Trump is imprisoned and that we have some sort of real election in 2024. That wouldn't happen. They're going to imprison Donald Trump and then they're going to have an election where Vivek Ramaswamy is the Republican candidate and then he's going to win and then he's going to pardon Donald Trump. That is a possible future. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let's not be ridiculous. For some reason, we are still in this world where people analyze politics as if everything is normal in 1998 and as if what we were told about politics in 1998 was even true at that time. None of it's true, guys. All of the ways that you imagined politics worked for your entire life happen not to be true. And you know that because you're seeing that every one of those principles you were taught has been proven a lie. Everything from the outcomes of wars to the United States 
standing in the world, to the way our elections are conducted, to the fact that the government cares at all about saving people's lives. The corruption, the criminality, the deep state, who actually runs things, the spread of bureaucracy, the ultimate goals of everything, and the thorough and pervasive corruption of the entire system. And we are still supposed to analyze politics through the lens of the people on television in 1998? Honestly, give me a break. Vivek Ramaswamy is going to somehow become ultra popular and Donald Trump is just going to be out of the picture. He's going to be arrested and indicted and imprisoned, allowing Vivek Ramaswamy to rise up from 1% to the Republican nomination and then beat Joe Biden in a rigged election and then pardon Trump. That is a thoroughly unbelievable proposition, which is why it should not be taken seriously when someone says it especially not as part of their campaign for why they should be put in power. That's not leadership. That's trying to become popular and make news based on unicorn fairy tales. Back in the real world, you can just look at the reactions from yesterday and understand what actually happened. And what actually happened was that Donald Trump ended yesterday in a better position then he started it on the day that he was arraigned for the first ever federal indictment of a former president. Think about where we were in 1998. If there was even the suggestion of a scandal that the media might run with, they could take a president down in no time, right? Isn't that what we were told? That's what we we're supposed to believe. These scandals will bring a president down. Now they are accusing Donald Trump for eight years straight of ever increasing magnitude of scandals all the way up to now being federally indicted for the first time ever. And he's more powerful at the end of the day than when the day started. That is the real situation we are in. We do not need to pretend that old school Political analysis makes any sense whatsoever in this world, which is why it should always be rejected. They are wrong all the time. They are wrong for very obvious reasons. People get upset at us and call us cult members because we will give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt and explain what we think is going on. And the people calling us cult members are the ones who continue to make excuses for mainstream media or uniparty right media. These people are on our side. No, they're not. They're wrong about everything. And they're complicit in the problem. And they're showing you that through the way they treat these issues. They are trying to gain political advantage over Donald Trump and over MAGA on the back of trumped up charges that everyone knows are nonsense and the first federal indictment of a former president ever in our country's history. The weaponization of the American justice system is now in full bloom under an illegitimate president and the number one political analyst on the uniparty right, Ben Shapiro, is spending the day talking about some man's fake tits. Would Ben Shapiro be covering the fake breasts of a man at the White House if Donald Trump 
was actually in trouble right now? Or would Ben Shapiro be telling his audience that as much as Donald Trump did some good things and put some good justices on the Supreme Court bench and got some good federal judges out there, that, oh, but that was all Mitch McConnell's responsibility. We get it. We get it. We get it. But despite whatever Trump did that was good, these charges are just so serious that we cannot keep supporting Donald Trump as he drags the party down. That's the show Ben Shapiro wanted to be doing this week. Take it all so seriously. Donald Trump is in big, big trouble. Spend a week on it. Spend two weeks on it. Spend all your time on it until the trial and then do 24-7 coverage on the trial. Finally, finally, they got that silver bullet. The walls have closed all the way in. They have successfully completed a get Trump effort, and now Trump has been gotten, and he's no longer on the public stage. That is where Ben Shapiro would love to be this week, but he's not there. He's talking about some man's fake breasts because the entire indictment thing is a joke. And the fact that it is a joke and being taken as a joke by the general public is the sort of thing that's going to make people understand that none of this villager mindset from the people on TV who are supposed to be the very reliable and very trustworthy experts like Ben Shapiro, the Uniparty rights version of Rachel Maddow, makes any sense anymore. It doesn't make sense. Somehow, these people never know what is coming. And when things happen, they never know how to analyze them properly. Why? Because everything is through the lens of the party of false decorum. They know that MAGA is the threat. They know that Donald Trump is the threat. That threat must be removed and they must participate in removing it. They must be seen to have participated in removing it. That is how their reputation within the party of false decorum is increased. Their expectations are never anywhere close to reality. And the craziest expectations so far comes from the fake president's wife, the fake first lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden. The Associated Press reported this this week. The first lady speaking to a small group of Democrats in an apartment on Manhattan's Upper East Side said she was surprised to see a headline before her flight landed that described a majority of Republicans in a poll saying they were still planning to vote for Trump who is set to appear in a Florida court on Tuesday. This is from Monday. She said they don't care about the indictment. So that's a little shocking, I think. So what are we to make of that? Does Jill Biden actually believe that Donald Trump supporters were going to get scared off by the Biden administration and their DOJ indicting Donald Trump did she think that Trump supporters were going to care about that? That Donald Trump would actually drop out in order to focus on defending himself from the DOJ's ridiculous charges, the Espionage Act about some documents that were not only not classified documents, but were in fact Trump's own personal property according to the law. Did they really believe that Donald Trump and his supporters were going to worry about that and were going to back off it? Is she really shocked or is she just commenting on how our society has devolved to this level? Can you believe it? a former president of the United States is federally indicted 
by the special counsel of a Department of Justice serving an illegitimate administration for taking too long to allow the government to confiscate his personal property, and they're just laughing and posting memes and still supporting him. Well, yeah, Jill, that's about the size of it. So what did they tell us was going to happen yesterday? Well, we heard that it might be the next January 6th, just like we heard after the Mar-a-Lago raid happened initially, August 8th, 2022. What happened right after that? We were told that MAGA extremists, violent MAGA extremists, were going to go after federal law enforcement. That is the program they sold us. And lo and behold, a day or two later, we found out that some guy went to an FBI field office in Cincinnati and started attacking the building with a nail gun. We were told it was an active shooter incident. Then there was a car chase and I guess they killed the guy, but no one ever heard of that story ever again. The guy had a brand new truth social profile with like 30 posts on it. As soon as people got into all that, the profile was gone. No one ever heard about this man ever again, but we were told that it was proof that MAGA extremists were very, very violent and that they were going to go after federal law enforcement because federal law enforcement was going after Donald Trump. And don't you understand how it works when you're a MAGA extremist? And so the same principle was supposed to apply yesterday. There was supposed to be violence in Miami. There was going to be violence outside the courthouse. There were Trump supporters there to protest, to be seen, to make their voices heard, to highlight the injustice of the day. Some Antifa came down. Apparently nothing happened between them. I guess there were like six Antifas just running around trying to turn everyone trans. And then there was, I don't know, some agitator dressed in like jailhouse stripes. He was either in a Halloween costume or in pajamas. He looked like a bearded, fat, 60-year-old gay white man. And he kept going up to Trump supporters and trying to cause issues. People were putting out videos of this man throughout the morning. So after Trump leaves court, after having pleaded obviously not guilty alongside Waltine Nauta, who is his co-conspirator in the whole thing, they are in the motorcade leaving the courthouse and this guy in the prison pajamas holds up his sign and walks in front of, I guess, Trump's vehicle, although I'm not sure whose vehicle in particular it was, but you'd have to think that if he was going for one, it would be Trump's. Maybe it was hard to say, but he goes out in front of that to make sure that everyone in that vehicle sees his special sign and his little prison pajamas and immediately secret service uh, grabs him and pulls him out of the way. And the guy ended up getting arrested. So that was the primary agitator trying to cause an incident yesterday. There were zero incidents reported as you might suspect from a peaceful MAGA protest, even with the presence of Antifa, absolutely nothing happened. How is it possible? Oh, it's possible because MAGA aren't the violent extremists. That's just normal standard issue communists. 
the same people who have supported political violence in this country for decade after decade after decade. It's always worth remembering that the greatest attack on the nation's capital was not January 6th, 2021. It happened far earlier than that by a group called the May 19th Communist Organization, who actually tried to bomb the Capitol. Everybody in the world knows about left-wing political violence. It is one of their tactics. But they always say that it is justified, just like they did in 2020. Kamala Harris herself, the fake vice president, was tweeting out links to, for instance, the Minnesota Bail Fund so that they could bail Antifa rioters out of prison and get them right back out on the streets the next night to celebrate George Floyd. And just consider for a second how insulting and demeaning and disrespectful it is that all of these communists claim that MAGA, the America First movement, the movement in this country led by Donald Trump, is composed of violent extremists. Everyone is a violent extremist. It's proven by January 6th, despite all the lies and the misrepresentations about January 6th, January 6th still proves that Donald Trump supporters are violent extremists. And because it's proven from January 6th, then they can say that just about anything is cause for those same violent extremists to become violent once again. And therefore, they shouldn't have access to their normal rights. They should not be able to assemble and protest. They should not be able to speak online. They shouldn't be able to do any of those things. We should just try to marginalize this thing as much as possible, silence it, and pretend it never happened. And that's what they've tried to do. And we'll get to more of that in just a second. So Trump left the arraignment and he went to a place called Cafe Versailles, which is a Cuban joint down there in Miami. And people prayed with him. They celebrated him. They sang him happy birthday. And once again, we see normal Americans loving Donald Trump. And you know what? They're not even white Americans. Isn't that amazing? Cuban Americans at a very popular Cuban American restaurant. <laughs> they just love Donald Trump. How do they not realize that Donald Trump is racist? Well, it's a mystery. Now, I can't pretend to know why Donald Trump chose Cafe Versailles. Maybe he just likes it a lot. Or maybe there was something he was trying to communicate. And I just, for the fun of it, spent a few minutes looking at information about the Treaty of Versailles. And I found this little nugget about the abolition of Prussia. Germany's defeat at the end of World War I and the overthrow of the empire and the Prussian monarchy also ended Prussia's supremacy. Prussia, which lost part of Silesia, Posen, West Prussia, Danzig, Memel, Northern Schleswig, some small areas on the Belgian frontier and the Saar district as a result of the Treaty of Versailles or the ensuing plebiscites became a land under the Weimar Republic with more restricted powers than before and with little influence on the government of the Reich. 
After the rise to power of Adolf Hitler in 1933, the Prussian constitution was set aside and the legislature abolished, though Prussia remained a unit for administrative purposes. So the Prussian empire disappeared. It was defeated and it went away. And that was the end of the Prussian empire. Or it became the invisible enemy. And the Prussian empire is every bit what it was back then here in this day. The descendants by blood and ideology of that Prussian empire still control many aspects of our world. And many of those aspects are controlled from right here in the United States. Because the thing is, so many of them just traveled over here and established themselves with some of their American corporate partners after World War One and again after World War Two, And that Prussian influence is very much alive today, as anyone who would take good advice and listen to or read the entire Prussiagate series would know. Prussiagate.substack.com. Find out for yourself what sort of historical evil still presides in our land and has for hundreds of years and maybe even thousands. Now, am I saying that Donald Trump went to Cafe Versailles so that people could get some Versailles comms? No. How do I know? I don't know that. But it's at least somewhat coincidental that the same regime suffered a pretty embarrassing setback yesterday. Was it as embarrassing as the setback at the end of World War I? Well, who's to say? That little blurb, by the way, was from Encyclopedia Britannica. So Donald Trump left Cafe Versailles and headed back to Bedminster, New Jersey, where he was scheduled to give a speech in reaction to the indictment and the arraignment and everything else. The speech was scheduled for 8.15 Eastern. He started about 8.45 Eastern in front of a big crowd of enthusiastic supporters. Now, again, this isn't the way Donald Trump is supposed to be presenting himself after having just been the first former president in America's history to be federally indicted. He's supposed to go away. He's supposed to be quiet. He should listen to his lawyers and not make any bold statements on any of it. He doesn't want to compromise the case in any way or threaten his security. He's supposed to be quiet and somber. This is a dark day in America and Donald Trump is going to have to go away and just plan with his lawyers so that he can have a future as a free man. He needs to show us all how seriously he's taking these charges and how scared he is at the power and might of the illegitimate American government under Joseph Robinette Biden. He's not supposed to be giving two campaign speeches on Saturday, making jokes, retruthing memes, playing golf, talking about golf, stopping by Waffle House and Cafe Versailles to see normal American citizens. He's not supposed to be giving big, confident, victorious, funny speeches. He's not supposed to be doing any of that. If he keeps doing that stuff, no one out there is going to take these charges seriously. And the whole thing falls apart if the normal people out there don't take the charges seriously. What's going to happen when all of the villagers realize that they have voted their way into 
and ignored their way into America becoming a banana republic. What happens when they realize that? Oh, hey, I uh, said that Donald Trump and his supporters were telling the big lie when they said that the election was obviously stolen in broad daylight as all of us, you know, saw it be stolen. I mean, all the Biden voters went to bed thinking, oh, man, OK, Trump won. And then the next morning they woke up and saw all of those hundreds of thousands of extra votes inserted in states like Georgia and Pennsylvania. And they were like, oh, OK, so we can just we can just <laughs> we can just say that Biden won and the media is going to say that Biden won, too. And we can say that anyone who doesn't believe that Biden won is a domestic terrorist. <laughs> OK, yeah, that's almost as good as winning. What's going to happen when all of these people realize that they have personally helped usher us into this banana republic? We have an illegitimate, dictatorial, authoritarian, fake president right now. After everything else that we have seen these last three years, he has now weaponized the Department of Justice to take out the leader of the opposition political party. Now, I don't take all of this as seriously as if this was happening in the normal world, because we are certainly not in the normal world. But all of this is what is described in the history books as the breakdown stage of a society. And all of the villagers know that they are aware that this is not supposed to be happening. They're just choosing to ignore it. If they notice that this is actually happening, well, that might change everything. So they do their best not to notice. And certainly they are given plenty of distractions to keep them from noticing. But when it's so public and it's so obvious and Donald Trump is just out there over and over and over again, making fun of people, making news with Everything he does, making fun of people on the uniparty right, like Ron DeSanctimonious, and constantly ripping Joe Biden in ways that virtually the entire country agrees with. Well, this isn't the sort of thing the villagers can deny. They're seeing it. They understand that Trump's not taking this seriously. What does that mean when they're going out and saying, oh, Trump's going to prison now? All you have to do is point at him giving his speech or Point at him with restaurant workers hugging him or police officers hugging him. And no one's going to take you seriously while you pretend to know how Donald Trump violated the Espionage Act on documents whose contents you have no idea about. I mean, how is this going to go for the child brains out there? He's guilty. He's guilty. Oh, yeah. What do the documents say? Oh, I don't know. Nobody knows. You don't know. That's why you can't say he's not guilty. Well, you are, uh, you know, not guilty until you're proven guilty. In fact, we have a cliche that says innocent until proven guilty. That is part of the rights of our constitutional system. You're innocent until you are proven guilty. 
So I actually don't have to prove him innocent, especially not when you can't even prove him guilty at all or give anybody a reason to believe that he is guilty, except for the fact that he's Donald Trump and Joe Biden would never do something like that. He would never prosecute an innocent man. (laughs) Yeah, sure he wouldn't, guys. Sure he wouldn't. So you have no idea what's in those documents, but you're certain that Donald Trump must be guilty of whatever it is. Well, okay, commie, I'm going to have a hard time taking that seriously. First of all, because the fake president is totally illegitimate and there's not a person on earth who believes that Joe Biden got 81 million real lawful American votes. There are some who will say it, but there aren't any who can support it. And there aren't any who don't understand that that thing is very in doubt. I used to talk about people in Hollywood believing that they are speaking truth to power while instead they are speaking power to truth. This is one of those examples. Election fraud, election fraud denial is the perfect example of speaking power to truth. They know it's not true, but they understand that the people in power and the people on their side will all back up that falsehood because they're all dependent on it. And through the democracy of belief, through the power of the societally dominant position, they will enforce that lie as if it's the truth. And in certain groups of people, in certain segments of society, it will be taken as truth even though everyone knows it's not true. So Joe Biden's illegitimate. Everybody knows that. Doesn't matter if you'll admit it or not. You know he's illegitimate. You know his administration is illegitimate. And you've never seen anything about what Donald Trump's documents actually said. We're being told that among those documents was the letter Barack Obama left him at the White House when Obama's term ended And the exchange of letters between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, those are the nuclear documents they're referring to. That's the sort of stuff we're talking about. And people who have never seen any of the documents are telling us that Donald Trump is guilty. Doesn't even matter what's in those documents. He's being accused of potentially giving away our national security information. And that's enough for him to be guilty. All of those explanations look ridiculous when Donald Trump is just flying around the country, giving speeches in front of big crowds and receiving the effusive love and adoration of American citizens everywhere he visits. I mean, how does it work at a barbecue, right? How does it work at a barbecue? You're just standing there having one of Klaus's cricket burgers by accident. And some communist approaches and you say, ah, I know how this is going to go communist, but okay, let me have it. So what do you think about Donald Trump? He's going to go to jail now. Okay, commie. Have you seen the documents? Oh, no, but he was possessing them. Are you denying that Donald Trump was possessing those documents? Well, no, commie. I'm not denying that he was possessing those documents, but I don't know what those documents were. And I'm quite certain that he didn't attempt to sell our security secrets to a foreign adversary like Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama all have. So I'm not all that worried about it. And you know who else isn't all that worried about it? Donald Trump. 
because he's just flying around giving speeches, talking about how the whole thing is a ridiculous hoax and that they're going on offense and that the deep state running this whole program is going to be dismantled and destroyed. So he doesn't seem worried about it. I don't seem worried about it. You, on the other hand, seem extraordinarily worried about it. And you are covering your worry in a totally unjustifiable confidence, considering that you don't know the content or substance of any of those documents. And you know that the entire thing rests not only on the word of corrupt people serving an illegitimate regime, but that the whole thing is based on flimsy legal premises, which may not even be constitutional. What does the barbecue communist say at that point? Well, I think it's going to be something like this. This is Joe Scarborough from Morning Mika this morning. And War Room put up this clip and Steve Bannon absolutely nailed it. But I think that this clip and this idea deserves to be explored just a bit more because I think that people are going to encounter this in their real lives. Senator Marco well, Rubio's evolution not. on Donald Trump's access to and handling of classified documents. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not even a close call. Uh, you weigh whether uh, you believe, as the 11th Circuit said, uh, that the, the foundational principle of this country, that no man is above the law, and you mm-hmm. balance that uh, against whatever Marco was saying, we should balance it against. And that's right. But you know, Willie, I just, I just... <laughs> You will notice, you will notice of all of the noise out there, of all the ground noise, nobody is saying he is innocent. Nobody is saying he did not commit the crimes that will put him in jail like for over a hundred years if, if convicted on all things. I can't think of one person who has said this man did not do it. So what they say is, well, what about Hillary? And I mean, but they had a long time to we do got that. A, we had a smart yeah. lawyer. Yeah, here. we See, have. Should we? I'm, ju- I'm just or? a simple. But no, because okay. I'm just a simple country lawyer. Right. I don't the really know the away. way you do things sequentially or whatever. But I will tell you this, Willie. What is so fascinating? Oh, is, we've got a great group. Oh, do we really? Yeah. What's so fascinating? <laughs> what's so fascinating is they don't say he's innocent. No. They all basically say he's guilty, but what about Hillary, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Two tiers of justice, right? Mm. This is what they're going to go with. They're going to go with the idea that no one out there is saying that Donald Trump is innocent. Mika can't name one person who's saying that Donald Trump is innocent. No one's talking about that. Everybody's just saying, What about Hillary? What about Joe Biden? What about Barack Obama? And Donald Trump did get into some of those examples in his speech last night. But he didn't do it to just say, what about them? What about them? They're not being pursued. This is unfair. That's not the only claim. And that's not the only reason he's bringing them up. And this is one of the most ridiculous things about this very normie, child-brained, villager sort of idea that arose within, I don't know, the last, what, five, six years. It happened on Twitter. People started talking about what they called whataboutism. And as always, the people who engage in the tactic 
all the time are the ones who discover the tactic and then try to claim that the other people are using it, which is exactly the sort of thing you would expect from the people using the tactic. So what about ism is the idea that rather than providing a positive defense and addressing the claims being made, you will say, well, what about the fact that this person did this? That is their argument for absolutely everything. No matter what, Donald Trump is worse. You can't complain about Hunter Biden because look at what Don Jr. and Eric did. Now, they can't describe anything that Don Jr. or Eric did that they should be prosecuted for. And there is just evidence of crime after crime after crime for Hunter Biden, including the selling of his father's political office to our foreign adversaries. But that doesn't matter. The point is, you're not allowed to bring up what someone else did, even though that is their number one strategy. And the claim here isn't just that the law is being applied unfairly to Trump, where it was not applied at all to people like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and Barack Obama. It's that the very aspects on which they are attempting to accuse Donald Trump of breaking the law, those same exact things were done by other people, provably, and were ignored. It's not only a claim about the unfairness of the application in law, it's a claim about what the people trying to say Trump is guilty are doing themselves. They are opening themselves up to these obvious hypocrisies that prove not only their lack of good faith in making the argument, but also their misunderstanding of what's even happening. Again, these people don't know the contents of the documents at all. They bring up the whataboutism idea so that they don't actually have to address any of the claims about the other people who have been treated differently. They don't have to address any claims about their own principles. What principles are they clinging to in saying that Donald Trump is guilty? Is it illegal for a former president to have documents with classification markings? Any document that has been classified is going to retain those classification markings. It can be declassified, but it doesn't take the markings off the page. Donald Trump is accused in the indictment of having documents with classification markings. It's not that the documents are classified. That's why they've gone away from the Presidential Records Act and they're trying to prove a crime in regards to the Espionage Act. So you can say to them, well, did other presidents have documents with classification markings? In fact, did other people have documents that were still classified? The answer to both those questions is yes, but they're not going to allow you to use that because that's what about ism. That's what they're trying to say. But what they're really trying to avoid is the admission that they don't care in the one situation and in the other situation, they think the leader of the political opposition should be imprisoned. If you're going to make claims like that, it kind of does fall to you to be willing to defend your principles and the facts of the case. And instead, they're just trying to get out of the whole discussion. And of course, Morning Joe, as the narrative setters, for the child-brained villagers on the Uniparty left is delivering all the slogans that we are about to hear en masse 
from those same child-brained villagers on the uniparty left. They are going to tell us no one is even claiming that Trump is innocent. Well, yeah, lots of people are claiming that Donald Trump is innocent. Mike Davis from the Article 3 Project is as good as they come in explaining what's actually going on here. He had a great appearance on Lou Dobbs podcast this morning. I would encourage you to listen to that. He's been on War Room a bunch of times. Everyone on our side of things is saying that Trump is innocent. Everyone is. But they want to pretend that's not true. They want to pretend that the only defense is saying, what about Hillary? What about Obama? What about Biden? That's not what's happening. But it would be a lot more convenient if it was. And pretending that things are that way protects all of those child-brained villagers on the uniparty left from actually having to state a principle or state the facts of this case that make it different from the Obama and Hillary and Biden cases so that a person can prove that their principles are consistent. They would rather pretend that the facts of this case are known and everyone agrees that Donald Trump really did commit a crime. And now it's just a matter of time and we have to see how things go in the court and with the jury and all that. But Donald Trump is guilty no matter what. No one's even pretending that he's innocent. And as far as the whataboutism claim goes, let's just take a second and see where things are with the fake president. Meanwhile, President Biden also facing a special counsel investigation into his handling of classified documents. Tonight, NBC News learning that investigation does not appear close to ending. The president has yet to be interviewed, three people familiar with the matter tell us, saying his advisors determined he would provide an interview once his legal team and the DOJ agree on conditions. Joe Biden has not even been interviewed about his documents because they haven't agreed on the conditions of the interview yet. The guy who could not declassify documents himself as vice president or before that as senator, a senator who took classified documents out of a skiff. That's no big deal. And you're not allowed to bring it up because if you do, that is whataboutism. Donald Trump got indicted. The first federal indictment of a former president. He went down. He got arraigned. He went to a restaurant where people loved him. And then he went to give a speech. And Joe and Mika are claiming that no one out there believes Donald Trump is actually innocent or is making the case that he's innocent. They didn't get any violence, but we're still very, very dangerous, at least according to the uniparty left's mainstream media, including that, by the way, of PBS, the public broadcasting station. During Trump's speech last night, they ran a Chiron at the bottom of the screen that said context. Experts warn that inflammatory rhetoric from elected officials or people in power can prompt individual actors to commit acts of violence. That was the warning on screen from PBS while Donald Trump was speaking last night. They had to warn their audience that if he said inflammatory things, it could cause individual actors to go out there and commit violence. It's almost like they have a bunch of patsies just ready to activate at any moment. 
which is especially funny with Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber back in the news. Apparently, he killed himself in his prison cell. But a lot of the talk about Kaczynski in the aftermath of that is about how he was a victim of MKUltra. I mean, we are getting a full serving of absolutely everything right now. So the Uniparty left and the Uniparty right are running cover. PBS is freaking out that Donald Trump's words might send some individual actor into fits of rage and violence. He might go out into the world and start harming people. He might go to some gay nightclub in Colorado and shoot that place up. Oh, no, wait, that was a trans person. He might go to a uh, Christian school and shoot the place up. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, that was a trans person. He might get a U-Haul and try to drive it onto the Capitol grounds or something and end up just getting stuck on a post that exists to make sure U-Hauls can't drive on the Capitol grounds. Oh, no, wait, that was um an... Uh, yeah, that was an Indian guy with a uh, Nazi flag, apparently. And I guess that Rachel Maddow, the Uniparty left's Ben Shapiro, was so worried about the possibility of extremist violence that she and MSNBC decided not to show Donald Trump's speech at all. Here's what she has to say. Judges are supposed to. Now, I need to say that former President Trump has just started uh, making public remarks, just as he did on the evening of his first arraignment on criminal charges. That was April when he was booked on 34 felony counts brought by the state of New York. Now, tonight, after his arraignment on federal felony charges, he's speaking again, this time to an audience of his supporters that's gathered for a, a campaign fundraiser tonight at his, his golf club and summer home in New Jersey. Um, we knew heading into this that he was planning to make these remarks. We are prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight to again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. And I do not say this with any glee. I hope it is clear that this is not a glib decision. We take our responsibilities seriously. We revisit decisions like this all the time. We make the best call that we can in real time every time. But tonight, our call is this. We will monitor that speech by the newly indicted former president. We will not carry his remarks live. If he says anything newsworthy, we promise we will turn that right around and bring it back to you. So first off, you got to love how everything Trump does that they don't like, they describe it as a fundraising opportunity. Donald Trump is just giving this speech to fundraise. Donald Trump is doing everything ever to acquire more money from his supporters. That is the claim made all the time on Twitter. I think that some of these child-brained villagers actually believe that Donald Trump is trying to get wealthy off of his own supporters like $5 at a time. That's preposterous. But her main point is that MSNBC will not taint themselves by showing Donald Trump's comments because they expect his comments to just be Full of lies. And as a news station, they would never 
knowingly or willingly broadcast lies to their viewing audience. They take their responsibility far too seriously to ever do that. Now, did she spend years covering the Russiagate hoax? Of course she did. Did she have guests on all the time, like Peter Stroke and Andrew McCabe, talking about how Mueller was going to take down Trump? And the Russiagate thing, of course, was all real. Did she talk about Stormy Daniels? Yes. Did she talk about the Ukraine impeachment hoax? Yes. Did she repeat all the lies about the very violent insurrection? Yes. Did she say that Donald Trump and his supporters were repeating the big lie when they just simply wanted to know, hey, if you have 81 million real lawful American votes, why can't we see them? Well, yeah, of course she did. She did all of that stuff. She talked about how you would never get COVID if you just simply took the COVID vaccine. Rachel Maddow has been wrong about all of it. She pushed all of those stories that were easily understandable as false from, if not the beginning, pretty soon after. And strangely enough, the Uniparty writes Rachel Maddow, Ben Shapiro, was wrong about all those same things. Isn't that just phenomenal that Rachel Maddow and Ben Shapiro agreed on their positions whenever that agreed upon position made Donald Trump look bad? Gosh, what a strange phenomenon. I heard that Ben Shapiro was just as far right as Donald Trump and MAGA. And he's supposed to be the smartest guy. He's supposed to be the expert. What with all his opportunities to go out there and slam 19-year-old gender studies majors until the Thug Life song plays and the little glasses in the little joint float down the screen until they're right on Ben Shapiro's face and everybody goes, oh, Ben Shapiro destroyed another college sophomore. Wow. Yes, he's extremely on our side. He's the most on our side person in all of conservative media. And that's why it's so surprising and so coincidental and not at all representative of a trend that he just so happens to agree with Rachel Maddow anytime the opportunity arises to make Donald Trump and his supporters look really, really bad. Rachel Maddow made the responsible decision to not show Donald Trump's remarks to any viewer of MSNBC. Now, do the viewers of MSNBC want to see Donald Trump's remarks? Maybe they do. Maybe they switched the channel and went and watched his remarks. Or maybe they just agreed with Rachel Maddow and said, yeah, it's better if I don't see this for myself. You're right, Rachel Maddow. I should let you decide. I trust you to find the important clips and show me them tomorrow night and provide the exact context necessary so that I know Donald Trump's words are false and dangerous all the time. Thank you, Rachel Maddow. Thinking for myself is hard. If you haven't noticed yet, we are basically back in 2015, 2016. Now, that's going to be the next year and a half up until we have made it through November of 2024. We're in 2015 right now. Next year is going to be a repeat of 2016, except with all of the distractions and chaos of 2020. 
A new pandemic? Maybe. A cyber pandemic? Maybe. World War III? Maybe. Invasion of Taiwan? Maybe. Violence on our shores? Maybe. Some sort of protest movement? But about gender issues rather than race? Maybe. Stolen elections? For sure. And regardless, we are repeating all of the same narratives because they're part of the same narrative playbook. There are actually people out there who believe that Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. There are Ron supporters and other normies and villagers out there who think that Democrats want to run against Donald Trump, that they are actually scared of Ron DeSantis, that they want to run against Donald Trump because they know they can beat Donald Trump. Well, first problem is you are presupposing an unrigged election, and there's no reason to presuppose that. In order to argue that Trump can't win, you have to really believe that Trump already lost. But Trump didn't lose. The election was stolen and nothing could be more obvious. If you're going to ignore that and say that the election will be stolen again, then what are you really saying when you claim that someone else could win? Why would a regime who can steal an election from Donald Trump not steal an election again? Why would the regime steal an election from a man that they're not scared of and could simply beat? So it already breaks down right there. It's already utterly absurd right there. But you certainly can't take the next step and say, well, Ron DeSantis would win in a rigged election. That regime that stole the election from Trump would allow Ron to win in the rigged election. And they would do that because they're more um, they're more scared of Ron DeSantis. Don't, don't you get it? Don't you get how much sense it makes that the Democrats, the regime are really more scared of Ron DeSantis? Doesn't it make so much sense? I mean, everybody says it. So it's got to make sense, right? Not all of these people could be wrong. I mean, sure, they were wrong about Trump in 2015 and 2016. They were wrong about Russiagate. They were wrong about the 2016 election. They were wrong about Mueller. They were wrong about the Ukraine impeachment hoax, for sure, for sure. Okay, fine. They were wrong about that. They were wrong about all those rumors about Donald Trump, the Stormy Daniels stuff, all that other stuff. They were wrong about COVID. They were wrong about masks and lockdowns. They were wrong about school closures. They were wrong about mail-in ballots. They were wrong about election fraud. They were wrong about vaccines. They were wrong about the insurrection. They were wrong about absolutely all of that. But for sure, they're right now. For sure, they are right that the regime is most scared of Ron DeSantis the same way that the regime was most scared of Ted Cruz back in 2015 and 2016. I mean, I was a liberal back then. I made the argument that Ted Cruz, through his greater intelligence and competence and his ability to work within the system, could actually see more Republican policy successes than Donald Trump would. And from the Democrat perspective, that would be scarier and more dangerous as someone who was then invested in the mainstream media and believed that I could detect truth by seeing which stuff both sides of the mainstream media agreed on. That line of thinking made sense. Donald Trump is crazy. He's an egomaniac. He's out of control. He says all these mean things. People don't like him. I was following the mainstream media. 
as a common villager would who has other things that they are doing in their lives rather than paying attention to the reality of this world. I didn't think that anybody took Donald Trump seriously. I thought everybody who took Trump seriously was dumb. And so it made sense to me. There is no way that Hillary Clinton and the Clinton political machine and this Democrat power base that they have all across the country. There's no way that thing could lose to this carnival barker, Donald Trump. That's what everybody was calling him back then. It's the exact same point that's being made now. And people are taking it seriously as if it's valid, as if it hasn't already been disproven. There's absolutely no reason in the world to believe that anyone in the regime is scared of Ron DeSantis. There is every reason to believe that they are horrified of the prospect of more Donald Trump because they know what the real underlying issues are in a way that none of the child brains and villagers out there understand. Not the ones on the uniparty left and not the ones on the uniparty right. None of them have any idea what the actual stakes are for the people who hold power in this society. Corrupt politicians, corrupt corporate executives, corrupt leaders of universities, corrupt tech executives, corrupt people in finance, on Wall Street, in the professional sports leagues, corrupt leaders of the pharma companies the political criminals in the global governing bodies, the heads of cartels and terrorist organizations. Those people know what Donald Trump represents. We don't need to pretend that those people are deathly afraid of Ron DeSantis while they are the people supporting DeSantis's candidacy. The whole thing is so preposterous that it's hard to imagine anyone believes it, but somehow they do. And why? Well, Donald Trump actually said why last night in a very intriguing little clip. Here it is. Don't forget this persecution is being done by the same weaponized agencies that for seven years have been running illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people, much as if they were trying to destabilize a foreign country. Running illegal psychological operations on the American people as if they were trying to destabilize a foreign country. That is very bold. And he's also telling a literal truth. And you can go follow Mike Ben's Cyber on Twitter, B E N Z, Mike Ben's Cyber on Twitter, from the Foundation for Freedom Online. He used to work in cyber at the State Department under Donald Trump. He knows about the cyber operations, the information operations overseas used to destabilize societies in the Middle East, always under the guise of disrupting terrorist networks over there. All of that stuff was brought here and used against American citizens. This is not new news. This has been available for your knowledge since early 2020, if not earlier, that's when I knew about it. You can look up the organization Defeat Disinfo and General Stanley McChrystal. That's exactly what they were doing. And Trump is calling it out. This is a seven year and I would say eight year long psychological operation against the American people. If people were thinking straight, if they were engaged with reality, my job would be absolutely pointless. But we've been brainwashed for decades intentionally with military grade information operations used against us. 
This is what Donald Trump is going after, and he has no intention of stopping. Here's how he closed his speech out last night. But then you have a nation that, as we are, is in serious, serious decline. We have a nation in serious decline. If the communists get away with this, it won't stop with me. They will not hesitate to ramp up their persecution of Christians, pro-life activists, parents attending school board meetings, and even future Republican candidates, which they do. We must end it permanently, and we must end it immediately. Now that the seal, so important, is broken, the seal is broken by what they've done. They should never have done this. This was an unwritten rule. You just don't, unless it's really bad. But you just don't. But the seal is now broken. In addition to closing the border and removing all of the criminal elements that have illegally invaded our country, making America energy independent and even dominant again, and immediately ending the war between Russia and Ukraine. I'll have it ended in 24 hours. I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden, and the entire Biden crime family. Name a special prosecutor and all others involved with the destruction of our elections, our borders, and our country itself. They're destroying our country. And when I'm reelected and we will get reelected, we have no choice. We're not going to have a country anymore. I will totally obliterate the deep state. We will obliterate the deep state. And we know who they are. I know exactly who they are. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. They want you silent. And I am the only one that can save this nation because you know they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And I just happen to be standing in their way and I will never be moving. On November 5th, 2024, justice will be done. We will take back our country and we will make America great again. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you. He's not joking. He's not making things up. This is not a conspiracy theory. He's not catering to the fringes of his base. This is what we are really facing right now. And he is the only person in national politics who's able to actually state it. He's also the only person who can be taken seriously at all as someone who has the potential to fix it and to restore our constitutional republic. Ron D. Santis can't talk about this. Vivek Ramaswamy can't talk about this. And Joe Biden is happy to be out there cheerleading it on. That's why they're trying to arrest him. They're not out there arresting Donald Trump because they want to run against him in 2024. And they're really scared of Ron DeSantis. That is a total inversion within the false reality. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It is the absolute opposite of the truth in every way. You couldn't find a more perfect untruth than the belief 
that they want to run against Donald Trump and that they're scared of Ron DeSantis. It makes no sense. You'd have to be nuts to believe that. And strangely, a lot of the people who actually believe that are fans of Tucker Carlson. Tucker's got his new show on Twitter. Last night, he had another new episode addressing the fact that Donald Trump has been indicted. And his central thesis was in February of 2016, when Donald Trump on the debate stage made it very clear that he was going to go after the deep state and go after the military industrial complex. And he had no hesitation whatsoever to call them out in front of the nation and to the face of Jeb Bush. That is when the deep state and the military industrial complex realized that they needed to do everything in their power to destroy Donald Trump. Tucker makes all of that very clear. And he makes the case that Donald Trump is the only one positioned to be able to take this thing on. He's essentially making the case that I've made on this podcast for years now. And here's how he rounded it out. Unlike so many of our elected leaders, they have been to America recently. They know what it looks like. Have you seen it? If you've got a few days this summer, find out. Take a road trip and see for yourself. Drive 500 miles in any direction and then come home. How are things looking? Well, they should look great. The federal government spent $6.5 trillion last year. That's more than any government has ever spent, ever. So at the very least, you would expect pristine public roads. Oh, no. That's not what you see when you drive around this country. There are potholes and Jersey barriers everywhere. Looks like Tegucigalpa before the Chinese decided to rebuild the infrastructure of Honduras. We don't have China buying our roads. So they're falling apart. You'd think the people you would pass on your road trip would look happy and prosperous. Again, this is a very rich country. But a lot of them don't. Quite a few appear to be strung out on drugs. You see them shuffling by shuttered storefronts in small towns. And you wonder, as you see all of this, where did all the money go? It's certainly not here. Well, it's in Washington. It's in Fairfax and Loudoun counties and in leafy, perfectly manicured Northwest DC. And of course, a huge chunk of it went to Ukraine, to Zelensky and his friends. Not because you voted for that. You didn't vote to give it to them. You never would. But because Joe Biden and his many allies, from Chuck Schumer to Mitch McConnell to Paul Ryan and every single news anchor on all of television, all of them believe that Ukraine, its borders, its future, its infrastructure are all more important than the town that you live in. They sincerely think that, and it's obvious. Everyone in power thinks that, except for Donald Trump. Whatever else you say about him, Trump is the one guy with an actual shot of becoming president who dissents from Washington's long-standing pointless war agenda. And for that, that one fact, they're trying to take Trump out before you can vote for him. And that should upset you more than anything that's happened in American politics in your lifetime. Even if you don't plan to vote for Donald Trump, even if you would die before voting for Donald Trump, which is your right and a lot of good people feel that way, even still, the destruction of our democracy, which is the right of voters to support any candidate they want, even candidates who don't want war with Russia, the destruction of that should keep you up at night. Yes, Donald Trump is a flawed man, but his sins are minor compared to those of his persecutors. In this life, we don't get to choose our martyrs. We can only choose our principles, and America's are at stake. The choice could not be clearer, and the reasoning could not be clearer. Donald Trump is the one who threatens the system of power. 
He is the only one in national politics who threatens that system of power. And he has the people on his side and he is exposing all of that system to the people so that the people en masse can see that system and they are seeing it worldwide. There's no one else who's responsible for that. He is the leader of the awakening to this problem in America. He can't just be replaced. He is the one they fear. Nothing could be more obvious. They wouldn't be trying to take him out again and again and again and again and again if he was the easy one, the one they wanted to run against. It doesn't make any sense. They don't need to steal an election from someone they want to use as their whipping boy. Everyone knows exactly what this is. All you have to do is notice he was indicted federally for the first time in our country's history as a former president. And what happened? No one is buying it. He flew around the country giving speeches, making jokes as confident as he's ever been, literally taunting the enemy. And all they can do is distract from it with some trans guy's fake boobs if you're on the uniparty right. Or give a warning to all the child brains that it's so dangerous that this might spark acts of violence from individual extremists. Or you can just tell everybody that what he's going to say is so dishonest that no one needs to hear it. Let's just pretend that none of it happened. We're going to talk about the charges and how serious they are. We're going to tell everybody that no one believes he's innocent. He's going to go to jail for a hundred billion zillion years. But none of it's true and none of it's working. And now the biggest figure in political mainstream news is essentially making the case for Donald Trump to millions and millions and millions of people. Let's stop pretending the other Republican candidates should drop out. Not because Donald Trump and his supporters are scared of a primary or scared of having Donald Trump questioned and not even because it's the right thing to do, although it absolutely is. They should do it for their own sake, because the longer they continue down this path, the more they are going to look like they are in opposition to exactly what Tucker was just talking about. It's going to look like they're actually on the side of the regime. In fact, it already looks that way. And unless Ron DeSantis figures out a way to turn all of this around, it certainly looks that way for him. All of these people are ending their political careers right now. It's not getting better for them. It's getting much, much worse to the point where they will never be involved in politics ever again. And for some reason, the only people who can't see this are the ones talking about how serious the charges are, or at least they were talking about that until all of yesterday happened. And now all that just looks silly. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. 
comes out to under a quarter per episode, and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com, and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!